0: It's The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most
1: important stories. And when government gets bigger, the individual gets smaller.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: For thee, but not for me. And I agree that we've got to change that.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: If in fact you are working for the man, it's a new form of slavery.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. Welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, Pamela, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday, producer Joe.
2: Happy Wednesday, Kim.
1: A uh, Big, big show planned again for all of you today. We're going to be talking with Jay Davidson in the first hour, Trent Luce in the second hour. And uh, just a lot of great information out there. So we'll continue on here. Check out the website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N, S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests and our most recent essays. We recently, uh, this last weekend, published the essay by Rick Turnquist, Uh, Exactly Wrong, Democrats and Identity Politics. And then a really important piece from Pam Long, regarding the CDPHE's wild goals for 2024. And so be sure and check those out. And Zach has created something or found something, whereas uh, actually does an audio reading of these um, essays as well. So therefore, if you're driving around, you can actually just listen to them. And so that's all on there as well. So Zach is always thinking about new creative things on what we can do for the show. And so that is a a relatively new one. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, We are an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunities, or lives via force. Force can obviously be a weapon, but it's a whole bunch of different things as well. Policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or this agenda by the World Economic Forum and the uh, Davos globalist elites that they're pushing forward on the climate change narrative. The movie that is the brainchild of Walt Johnson and he and his wife, Ramey, actually took money out of their retirement plan to fund this project because he really wanted to have a, a reasonable, rational discussion, conversation about climate. And you can watch the film for free at a climate conversation dot com. And as I'm looking at headlines, this film is so important. You need to watch it so that you can engage with your friends and family and colleagues that are seeing these uh, headlines that are being pushed uh, on them. And then I'm going to mention a couple of things here in Colorado that is absolutely unbelievable. But socialism is a terrible idea. It is not about free stuff. Uh, The free stuff, taking from one person to give to another, is just the carrot to get people to vote for socialism. But socialism ultimately has to come down to force. And uh, this day in history, and I'll go through several other things, but this day in history is pretty monumental because, let me get to it, or I thought I had it here. Maybe I erased it. Oh my gosh, did I do that? No, no, here we go. This day in history, uh, 1848, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels published the Communist Manifesto in London. So this is the day that that was published. It's just a teeny tiny book. I actually, I was at a bookstore in Lawrence, Kansas years ago i thought i need to have that and so i went in and i said it was a used bookstore i said i need to i'm looking for the communist manifesto and they had it so i got it and i did say but i just want you to know i'm not a communist uh, so anyway uh that 1848 this is when this all started uh so let's see several things oh the girls are coming over tonight And so therefore, I'm going to be actually I'm going to change up what I normally get at Hooters restaurants. I was over at a Hooters restaurant just recently for lunch and I had their nachos and they were delicious. So that's what I'm going to order for the girls tonight. But Hooters restaurants has been a great sponsor, of both the Kim Munson show and the my America's Veterans Story show. And uh, I would highly recommend to learn about the story. It's such an important story about freedom, free markets, and capitalism. And you can find that at my website. Uh, but again, I will be picking up some great nachos tonight uh, to share with the girls. Uh, let's get over here to some of the things that we, we like to do on a regular basis. The first of the is the word of the day. And thank you to Richard, the limo driver, for this. And the word of the day is pedantic. It's an adjective. It can be characterized by a narrow or often ostentatious concern for academic knowledge and formal rules, so they used it in a sentence. This is from um, see a, a pedantic attention, a pedantic attention to details. Next, it could be of or pertaining to a pedant, a characteristic of or a resembling a pedant, or ostentatious of learning. So, a pedantic writer, a description or affection, and uh, I was getting all this from the American Heritage Dictionary. And it could be like a um, pedant overly concerned with formal rules and trivial points of learning. Next thing, uh, since we're going to be talking with Jay Davidson, and he is a student of the Austrian School of, of Economics, and of course, uh, Ludwig Heinrich von Mises was, um, you know, is really based on much of what he's done. He was an Austrian, uh, he was born in 1881, he died in 1973. And von Mises was an Austrian-American, Austrian school economist, historian, logician, and sociologist, and he wrote and lectured extensively on the societal contributions of classical liberalism and the power of consumers. He's best known for his work on praxeology studies comparing communism and capitalism. And this is a long one, but uh, I thought this was uh, very apropos for the anniversary also of the publication of the Communist Manifesto in 1848. This is what von Mises said. He said, The champions of socialism call themselves progressives. I'm going to start over. The champions of socialism call themselves progressives, but they recommend a system which is characterized by rigid observance of routine and by a resistance to every kind of improvement. They call themselves liberals, but they are intent upon abolishing liberty. They call themselves Democrats, but they yearn for dictatorship. They call themselves revolutionaries, but they want to make the government omnipotent. They promise the blessings of the Garden of Eden, but they plan to transform the world into a gigantic post office. Every man but one, a subordinate clerk and a bureau. And it's really appropriate as we take a look at what is happening in Colorado. My friends, when I say that Colorado is at the tip of the spear, we are. And uh, so the bill of the day, and we'll talk with Trent Luce about this in the second hour. Um, And, oh, I need to do one thing, and that is give you the bill sponsors on this. So hang with me just one second while I do that. I normally pull those. This is uh, Colorado uh, Senate Bill 126 hold on here I've got to get this and i can i'm pretty sure i know the sponsors but let me make sure that i do 24-126 and this is one of these things that people can get bulldozed into something and you have to really take a look at it to understand uh, what what really is at stake here, and so there's a couple of Republicans on this as uh, prime sponsors, and obviously they must not be listening to what Trent and I are talking about. So the House sponsors on this are Republican Mike Lynch and Democrat um, Lucas, and Senate sponsors are Faith Winter, Democrat, and Republican Perry Will. And this is what it is. It is a Conservation Easement Income Tax Credit. And the quick description on it is, uh, concerning the Conservation Easement Income Tax Credit, I can see how Republicans can get roped into this. And in connection therewith, extending the Conservation Easement Oversight Commission and the Certified Holder Program indefinitely increasing the limit on conservation easement income tax credits available to donors in one calendar year and allowing multiple transfers of conservation easement income tax credits. I'm pretty sure that I've got some, as I'm reading that, I, I know I've got some listeners <clears throat> that are, I need to probably hear from you here at in just a little bit. Um, and so this is what cut the Colorado Union of Taxpayers Uh, Our recommendation is is a no on this. We said conservation easements take land out of food production that feeds everyday hardworking individuals. Granting tax credits to take land out of food production is a terrible idea. But the other things, as you just look at the uh, summary here, this multiple transfers of conservation easement income tax credits. That means that those can be bought and those can be sold. And I think that um, one of our listeners, Jenny, is probably going to mention that I think that they're starting to trade these on some of the exchanges <clears throat> and uh, uh, and increasing the limit on conservation easement income tax credits available to donors. So unfortunately, I mean, this is, this is a really bad boy if you really understand what's going on. I can't wait to talk to Trent Luce about that. Uh, So that, let's see, we did bill of the day. Oh, let's, uh, let's, oh, I think I'll just go to um, a couple of things here. When I say that Colorado is at the tip of the spear, it is. Uh, This is from Fox News. It was published 13 hours ago by Thomas Kenanachi. And he said, dim state cracks down on gas powered lawn equipment as part of the climate crusade. So Colorado state environmental regulators unanimously approved a measure to crack down. Okay, these are unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats that are appointed by the governor on certain uses of gas powered lawn equipment as part of the state's broader climate push. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you can I'm just this is not in there, but you can take a look at downtown Denver. And it is uh, trash is everywhere. How's that good for the environment? But no, anyway, in an 8-0 vote, the Colorado Air Quality Control Commission greenlit regulations that prohibit gas-powered lawn and garden equipment from being used on public property statewide. Under the finalized rules, the ban will be enforced beginning in 2025. And according to the Colorado Public Interest Research Group, Coburg represents the first effort of its kind in the nation. Given the significant pollution generated by gas-powered lawn equipment and the severe air pollution problem in our region, I'm glad the state is taking action to accelerate the switch to cleaner, quieter electric lawn equipment, said Kirsten Schatz, the clean air advocate at Coburg, which pushed for the measure. This vote is the first step toward eliminating this unnecessary source of Of harmful air pollution. Okay, so right here in Colorado, I've got some other headlines that I want to go through, Um, but we get to do all of this because of our wonderful sponsors. I'd mentioned Roger, I'd mentioned Hooters restaurants, but also wanted to say thank you to the Harris family. Uh, for their goal sponsorship of the show. And thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show as well. And I will be talking with Nephi Cole from the National Shooting Sports Foundation on Friday. But the National Shooting Sports Foundation has a government relations team that is relentlessly advocating for measures on behalf of and works in defense of the firearm and ammunition industry at all levels and before all branches of government. And this is more important than ever. Again, Colorado is at the tip of the spear on this, and uh, I really appreciate bringing all this to you. And we get to do this because of the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance team, and they Roger's been in business 47 years serving his customers, providing for his family, and giving back to his community. And Roger can help you anywhere in Colorado and even some of the contiguous states. And so for a complimentary appointment, reach out to them at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan
3: insurance team is there. Most of us have been there. That surprise crunch when you backed into a car in a parking lot or someone rear-ended you at a stoplight. First thing you do is stop and breathe. Second, say a prayer of gratitude that no one was hurt. Third, look for your insurance card. And fourth, be grateful that you have your insurance with Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Agency. You can breathe easier knowing that you can reach the Roger Mangan team 24-7 when you need them. For that Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance peace of mind, call Roger Mangan today at 303-795-8855. That's
4: 303-795-8855. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love The Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Welcome back to the Kim
1: Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it and uh, yesterday rode down with my buddies to pueblo thank you jody for driving and i was also with paula sarles uh, who is the president of the usmc memorial foundation and we were down at the center for american values for an on values the first one of this year an on value center uh, uh, A presentation by, and the featured speaker was Keith Bishop, uh, who was uh, formerly a Denver Bronco. He worked with the DEA for 20 years. He is now a head of security for the Denver Broncos, and it was really a fascinating story, but my friends, my soul needed to go down to the Center for American Values, and every time I'm there, uh, the portraits of valor that are on the wall, I always want to just stop and reflect on some of those portraits. Uh, and just I just come back from the center, being around these patriots, uh, knowing that we really do have this ideological battle that's going on for our country now. Um, but I've come back rejuvenated. And as I said, it really feeds it's my soul to go down to the Center for American Values. And uh, you can check out all that they're doing. They're doing these ma- amazing educational programs for our children to instill in ourselves as we help them with these programs, but also our children of these foundational values of honor, integrity, and patriotism. So be sure and check out the center at AmericanValueCenter.org. <clears> org. <throat> I did want to mention a couple of things now. While we have the um, <clears throat> one of Polis's bureaucracies uh, as, uh, limiting what uh, I mean, they start with the public lands or the parks and all that. Although remember <laughs> uh, just within the last few weeks, Denver mayor Mike Johnston is limiting services on uh, both at both a uh, motor vehicle and parks and rec uh, because needing to pay for illegal immigrations and illegal immigrants that are coming here. Um, so meanwhile, they're, they're going to outlaw your gas powered lawn equipment But this is from the Denver Post, and this just breaks my heart. It's uh, titled, Hard Lessons from the 16th Street Mall. Anna's Norwegian Bakery closes after just three months. And it says, Anna Fanakra sat in her bakery on the 16th Street Mall on what turned out to be its last day in business, February 3rd, waiting for customers. But not many came, and so she decided to close up early. And we had really low sales that day. She said we hadn't even made $100 yet, which was a very accurate picture of what the last couple of months have looked like for us. And so she decided to call it quits. She also closed her store in Centennial, and she filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. She said, after everything was said and done, I realized that 90 to 100-hour weeks really weren't sustainable, and I grew apart from my family, which defeated the purpose of having my own business in the first place. I lost track of what was important because I really wanted to open this location, but I was sacrificing myself uh, with no return um, for myself. It was uh, not coincidentally, Anna's Norwegian Bakery was also the first and last food and beverage business to participate in Pop-Up Denver, a highly publicized program started in 2022 by the Downtown Denver Partnership, and the city is a way to bring small businesses back to the 16th Street Mall. The Strip has suffered for many years from declining traffic, followed by COVID, drug, crime, and homelessness problems, as well as this massive construction program, a project that's um, supposed to be done in 2025, which RTD is just throwing money at on that. And so who pays for all this? We do, my friends. We, we pay for all this. So let's see. Um, other headline. I think that's it on that. Oh, there. let me talk about some of these other headlines on the national level. Uh, in the second hour. And uh, this day in history, there was just a few other things that I did want to mention. And here we go. 1431. This was a tough day for Joan of Arc. It was her first day of interrogation during her trial for heresy. In 1808, Russia invades Finland, which was then part of the Swedish kingdom with 24,000 troops. This changed everything. In 1842, the first known sewing machine was patented in the U.S. by John Grineau of Washington, D.C. And when women now, people talk about, I have so many clothes in my closet, it it happened because of the sewing machine. That changed everything because because clothes were then able to be mass produced. Uh, I mentioned 1848, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels published the first, or the, the Communist Manifesto, In 1862, during the Civil War, the Texas Rangers win Confederate victory at the Battle of Valverde. It was in Confederate, Arizona, now known as New Mexico. And in 1885, the Washington Monument was dedicated in Washington, D.C. So all of those things are this day in history. I I have a few other things that I'll try to share with you here in just a moment. Uh, Let's see. I, I wanted to mention something that came in the mail to me. And I remember this, I think years ago, I think uh, one of the high schools in my neighborhood uh, had this as their spring musical. And I always, I just couldn't get my brain around, something was wrong with this. And it's a movie called You're in Town. And it is now being performed at the Town Hall Arts Center in Littleton. So anyone out there in Littleton, let me know if that is being paid for, subsidized by tax dollars. But this is a three time Tony Award winning show that's been praised for reinvigorating musical theater in a sprawling but collapsing urban metropolis. A 20 year drought has led to a government enforced ration on water and the residents must use public amenities owned and operated by an evil corporation that profits from charging admission to the most popular seat in the house. And then it goes on to say, You're in Town is a side-splitting satirical musical that lambasts capitalism. It it should be lambasting socialism, environmental collapse, municipal politics, and star-crossed love. And uh, anyway, this is being... Performed in uh, Littleton right now, and this is one of the ways. And I think this was many, many years ago. I'll I'll find out when it was actually uh, on Broadway. But this was as a subtle way that art really went after, uh, kind of won the culture, Uh, because um, they're actually what they're talking about is socialism. And so these discussions are so so important. And we have them because of all of our great sponsors. We're going to be talking with Jay Davidson here in just a moment. And uh, he is with First American State Bank, which is a great sponsor of the show. But, but another one of those sponsors is Karen Levine.
5: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine works to protect your property rights at the local, county, state, and national level. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Working with realtor Karen Levine helps you navigate through the process of buying or selling your home. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
6: A recent report notes that the number of children diagnosed with Autism Spectrum Disorder is consistently and dramatically increasing. This is heartbreaking. If your child or grandchild or someone you know has been diagnosed with autism or ADHD, following exposure to Tylenol or acetaminophen during pregnancy, call Boson Law at 303-999-9999. Boson Law is a Colorado-based law firm who has been fighting big pharma for over 20 years. Call now at 303-999-9999 for a free, no-obligation review of your potential claim. Call now at 303-999-9999.
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at com as well. I did want to say thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show, and thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show as well. And uh, another great sponsor of the show is Jay Davidson and First American State Bank. He is the CEO and founder of First American State Bank. which is a commercial bank which is located right here in the denver metro area and jay davidson is uh, a student of the austrian school of economics and a dedicated capitalist he believes that there's a direct connection joining individual rights and responsibilities our constitution capitalism and the intent of our creator jay davidson welcome to the show
7: well thanks kim pleasure to see you again talk to you
1: absolutely
7: a face for radio so uh, (laughs)
1: <laughs> Apparently, I do, too, so this works out pretty no. well. So. <laughs> <laughs> not true. But I but, uh, wanted to talk about this piece that was published in uh, The American Thinker earlier this month uh, that you have written regarding the source of economic misery. And you begin this with the Federal Reserve's decision to increase rates rapidly as a decision to crush private enterprise, not improve the dollar. What should yeah. people know
2: about that?
7: Um, the, uh, there, there are two ways. There, there are two powers, let's say, that the Federal Reserve has. It's called monetary policy, and they have a couple of tools that they can use. One is the supply of money. The number of United States dollars in circulation actually has a major impact on many things, and we'll get into that. And the second thing they can do is interest rates, increase or decrease interest rates. When they increase interest rates... That depresses the economy. That makes it more difficult to transact business, because your cost of borrowing is higher. And when they reduce rates, then it stimulates the economy. On, on the other side of the coin, uh, liquidity or the dollars in circulation, when they have more dollars in circulation, that stimulates. When they have less dollars in circulation, that depresses the economic activity, because you need uh, you need the volume of water going through the river, going through the dam to generate electricity as an analogy. And uh, more money supply is more water supply is more energy and more activity. Well, the Fed has done something that is uh, a couple of things that are extremely confusing to me. Uh, number one, they increased interest rates and they did it very rapidly. And, and the the speed at which they increased it is very significant. We should go into that a little bit later. But the other thing they did is they continued to print more and more money, and uh, under a term called quantitative easing, QE, and they have printed eight trillion United States dollars, increasing the circulation of uh, liquidity in in dollars in the economy dramatically. Um, as an example, the Fed's balance sheet grew from 800 billion to nine trillion over the time of, of QE from 2008 till about uh, uh, a year ago or two years ago. So the Fed has created an incredible liquidity, dollar liquidity in the economy. At the same, which is stimulative, and at the same time, they've increased. They affect the short term, the very short term, the daily. Uh, Fed funds rate they have increased that by uh, oh something like five hundred and fifty basis points in one year that that is an incredible shock that shuts down the economy so within the Fed there is a, a strange uh, conflict now, now this stuff is not uh, difficult to understand it's very straightforward. They must know what they were they're doing, I guess, but it doesn't make any sense to me but there's so many ramifications to what they are doing that i think we need to delve in a little bit deeper on uh, on the issue on the particularly the liquidity issue
1: well and you mentioned this was like a meteoric rise in interest rates i mean people didn't really have time to to even kind of prepare in a way and we we saw then that some banks because of this, they really got caught, and you and I have talked about this, and I can't remember exactly what you said. It's a, it's like rate risk or, or something like that. And so oh, there yeah. were banks that got mm-hmm. caught on that.
2: Yeah.
7: Well, the interest rate risk is one thing, and that's a, a relatively complex topic uh, that we can certainly get into. And they did get caught in, in uh, their IRR, interest rate risk uh, scenarios. But to your point, the the increase in interest rates from basically almost 0 to 5.5% in 12 months, uh, that hasn't happened for over 40 years under the Jimmy Carter era. And if you remember back in those days, uh, under the Jimmy Carter time, um, the economy was suffering. Uh, banks and S&Ls were failing. Uh, in fact, the S&L industry failed at that point. And uh, they had to. Uh, they had extreme inflation, so they the Fed increased interest rates dramatically and, and put the put the nation into a recession and and uh, eventually controlled inflation. But the point is that uh, when you look at a bank, uh, we're subject absolutely subject to the Fed reserves. Uh, monetary policy, and to particularly, the interest rate of what's called Fed funds. their overnight rates. They're the shortest rate there is. Um, so we have had to increase our cost of deposits by 550 basis points in 12 months, which is a horrendous hit uh, to our uh, to our earnings, to bank earnings, because uh, cost of deposits is the expense, is the interest expense, And uh, at the same time, the long end of the curve, the five, 10, 30-year mortgages and bonds uh, and corporates have not gone up. So banks make money on the spread. Uh, The spread would be your cost of funds uh, taken away from your uh, income from your loans, your interest uh, income. And as the low-short rates go up, your margin gets squeezed, and so banks are are suffering right now. And that makes banks less likely to lend into the marketplace. So what the Fed is effectively doing by raising rates so dramatically, so incredibly fast, they're attempting to destroy the private economy, because the the banks are the conduit for the Fed's policy into the... uh, commercial and industrial world we are we are controlled by fed activity and then we have to make our decisions based on fed activity and we decide what rates we charge what terms and so forth so we are slowing down on our lending activities and uh, that is also going to crush the economy that's why i say that the the solution that the Fed Reserve has to inflation, and that's another topic I think we should really get into a lot, is, well, let's bludgeon the economy to death so we force uh, private business into a recession. That harms every individual citizen, private citizen, not government people. They get paid no matter what. But the private citizen, you, me, and everybody we know, gets crushed. So that's the downside to this rate uh, fiasco that they've introduced.
1: Well, it seems that there are politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties that uh, really don't like the private enterprise, property rights, sanctity of the individual. And, gosh, what will be left if they destroy the private economy, Jay?
7: Nothing. I mean, everybody, well, the the left, let's say, uh, likes to uh, call capitalists greedy people. And uh, I guess, okay, yeah, you're probably right. I I think everybody's greedy. I don't care if you're giving away half your fortune to a a needy person. You you want something for it. You want recognition or love or something. And in the case of capitalism, uh, when I – all I want is a fair trade. Uh, I'll pr- provide a product or service, and somebody will agree that it's fairly priced. They'll buy it of their own free will, and we have what's called a capitalistic economy. Capitalism has done more to improve the lot of every person that lives within its its landscape than anything that's ever been done before. Period. And if you are willing to work, and that's the criteria, you have to work. You have to understand your subject matter. You have to take the time and the effort to get your tail out of the uh, TV room and get out there and, and study and learn, and then go to work and work hard and do a great job for your employer so he will then want to do a great job for you when it comes raise time. That's capitalism and nobody is enslaved here in America. I, they shouldn't be anyway. And if you don't like what your employer's doing for you, you can go somewhere else. But when you put the government in between that relationship and you have these rules, let's say, take for example, the uh, minimum wage rule. You know, in the past, the, the people that decided to uh, accept minimum wage jobs did so because they chose to. And you can say, oh, no, they didn't choose the economic situation. Excuse me. Anybody in America can do better at what they're doing if they want to make the effort and do it. That is a fact of of American life. That is the beauty of capitalism. That's the beauty of a constitutional republic that we live in. So the people that have decided to take minimum wage jobs, they may not like it. I I understand that. Uh, My first job was a minimum wage job as a kid, but I didn't stay there. I worked and you worked and we all worked to get ahead and to learn a trade and a craft that would be desirable to other people and for which they would pay fair value. So my, my answer to this whole thing on, on uh, uh, greedy capitalism, uh, well, you know what? It's done more for people, uh, more for more people than any other system in the world.
1: Well, you know what I find really greedy, though, uh, Jay Davidson, is for somebody to want to um, use government uh, to actually take money from somebody else and put in their pockets. I'm thinking about politicians and bureaucrats and interested parties. Uh, So instead of earning that money, they figured out a way to use government to take somebody of the the fruits of somebody else's hard labor. And I think that that is actually uh, what I would call greedy, Jay Davidson.
7: That's That's a wonderful point. I totally agree with you. And in order to do that, in order to rob Peter to pay Paul. They have to convince Peter that he's a bad guy and he should acquiesce to their demands. They have to do that. So they start off by saying, uh, you're a greedy capitalist. Oh, I'm not greedy. No, I, you know, I'll prove to you, here, take everything. Or now they're doing the thing, oh, you're white. Your skin's white. Oh, gee, I'm sorry, I must have oppressed everybody. So you know, take whatever you want. This is the assault that communism, fascism, so socialism has always made on the people that work their tails off, do a fair day's work for a fair wage. This is what they do to take down every one of those nations. you got to ask yourself, why are they doing it? Because something's wrong here.
1: Something is wrong here, and I'm talking with Jay Davidson. He is the founder and CEO of First American State Bank, and we're talking about a piece that uh, was recently published in American Thinker, uh, and um, uh, we're going to continue the discussion. A couple of things I wanted to mention is, first of all, the USMC Memorial Foundation, and if all of us buy a brick to honor our loved one's military service or um our own military service or your own military service or make a contribution of $125, we will help them raise from a grassroots standpoint uh, what is needed for the remodel of the Marine Memorial, which is right here at Six and Colfax. So you can get more information by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And uh, we will be right back. We get to have these discussions because of sponsors like First American State Bank and Lauren Levy
8: if you are 62 or older a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning it is essential to understand the process Lauren levy with polygon financial group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal if you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage remodel your home buy a rental property or move Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmonson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot
2: My mom thinks chat rooms can be so dangerous. Moms are so uncool. We have so much in common. So why don't we meet up? Cool. Let's meet at
6: the food court and wear our baseball caps backwards so we recognize each other. I'm not telling my folks. McGruff the Crime Dog here. Kids don't always know that predators surf the Internet looking for young victims. Be your kid's safety net on the Internet. Visit McGruff.org. An important announcement from the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition of America, and the National Crime Prevention Council.
8: Franktown Firearms is unlike any other gun store or range.
9: My name is Tony and I'll tell you why I first started going to Franktown because my children wanted me to get comfortable with firearms.
10: Franktown Firearms, it's not the kind of experience you get anywhere else.
9: I'm not familiar with firearms and they just took their time and really gave me the time of day to know that I was an appreciated customer of theirs.
10: Tactical Fun Night is an absolute blast. To move and shoot, walk and reload and turn corners and hit moving targets. I've
9: been to ladies' nights a few times, and the range safety officers um, helped my friend who I brought who'd never fired a gun before. I felt very comfortable. I could just shoot to my comfort level. I didn't have to show up anybody, or no one was trying to show me up.
10: They let us go to the range and try the firearms before we bought them.
9: All of the staff there really took their time with me.
10: After going in there for the first time, we realized we didn't need to look at any other gun stores. Franktown Firearms,
8: where friends are made i
1: And welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is M O N S O N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter and you can email me at Kim at com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And uh, did want to mention the Center for American Values, which is located in Pueblo, Colorado on the beautiful Riverwalk, focusing on two things things, these be- this, the beautiful gallery, the portraits of valor, of of all of these, or not all of our Medal of Honor recipients, but over 160 with their quotes, which is truly inspirational. But then the center is focused on taking those values and making sure that we understand them and then teach them to our next generations through uh, fantastic educational programs. So for more information, go to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. So, Jay Davidson, founder of First American State Bank and a great sponsor of the show, we, we mentioned what capitalism is. It's an exchange of value, a value for value. And if someone creates a good or service that other people find value for and they will trade their dollars for that, and if a lot of people do that, individuals can become very very wealthy and and if it's not a whole bunch of people but enough people that gives back to the community and the, and the the um the, the person providing the good or service, uh, makes a living for them and their families and you know, the life that they want, that's, that's just the, that's Americanism. It's so beautiful. And we hear this term equity all the time. And the term equity is really being used to take from people that produce, to give to people that don't in saying that that's equity and trying to come up with equal outcomes. And my father passed on just recently and, and we would have lots of conversations and he always talked about time. He says, time wastes, uh, waits on no one and, um, time is valuable. But what I realized with the American idea, the great equity of America is that we all are equal in that we have 24 hours in a day and then we are responsible. Uh, for the choices we make, we get to reap the benefits or, or also the consequences. So the equity is time, and that's the beautiful thing about the American idea, Jade.
7: Well, it's a beautiful thought, um, well articulated. I mean, I can't add to that. It's it's so uh, clear once you explain that, uh, and, and like you said, it's you have twenty four hours in a day and seven days in a week, etc. And uh, what do you do with that time? I mean, you have the same time that everybody else has. So what are you going to do about it? And that takes us out of the victimhood that exists uh, with the uh, left's assault on capitalism and puts it right on our shoulders, the individual's shoulders, to better themselves. Beautiful idea.
1: Well, thank you. It's taken me a lot of years to finally come up with that. But uh, uh, that was just a big aha, really, within the last three months for me. So you mentioned you wanted to talk about inflation. And that's another thing my father taught me was that inflation is like a silent thief and mm-hmm. inflation. uh People don't save or invest as much when they think that whatever it is they might need is going to cost more the next day. And so it really um, disincentivizes people to save and invest, which, again, saving and investing is one of the ways that individual people have created wealth.
7: Yeah, that's very true. Um, I think we ought to talk a little bit about the the source of inflation, what causes inflation and there's two theories here uh, supply side or production side Um, and those terms are irrelevant because that's not it at all but biden wants to say that it's uh, the price of oil has gone up well no joe i think you need to look a little more deeply why has the price of oil gone up and now we're going to go into a little bit rarefied atmosphere here but i think it'll become plain as we talk talk through this um, dollars, a dollar has a certain amount of value. And that value is determined by what's called fair trade, a willing buyer, a willing seller deciding on a price without outside coercion. Um, and so if, you know, I decide that I want to spend a dollar for a product and I do that, then I've established a price for that product. Now, when the Fed – and the number of – excuse me, I'm going to back up a little bit. The, The number of dollars in the economy is finite. It cannot go beyond a certain level. This is one of the laws that is immutable in economics and in the world. The more of something you have, the less value each one is. The less of something you have, the more valuable that thing is. And when the Fed prints uh, $8 trillion under quantitative easing, they are devaluing every other dollar that exists in the economy. They are making that dollar worth less than it was before. So what we find, the, the net result of printing all that money is when you go to the grocery store and you buy the same basket full of goods, that money, instead of costing you $100, now costs you $200. That's the silent thief that your dad was talking about. So now you have to earn that extra $100 in your work. But what, what's going on? The Fed's cutting down, shutting down the economy. So are you gonna get a raise at work? No, because the Fed is deciding to bludgeon it through high rates. So the Fed is doing a two-pronged effort. In my humble opinion, and I'm not a, a Fed-level economist, thank goodness, but um, they're they're destroying the private industry, the private uh, equity, the the private business person, the citizen by doing the using monetary policy to destroy the economy the private economy and keep this in mind until uh, the 1970s under uh, and under president nixon until then all dollars printed were based on the amount of gold held in the federal reserve vaults and so the federal reserve could not do what they did in starting in 2008 which is start printing uh 2000 uh uh, yeah 2008 and start printing all these dollars under qe And, and so remember that and we don't have a gold standard so now the fed decides they want to balloon their balance sheet 10 times create incredible liquidity in the marketplace for what reason i can tell you that one later but it's a whole other discussion But the point is that they, the Fed's actions, are causing the pain that we feel today. But there's something even worse and more ominous in this whole thing, and I'll just allude to it and then um, be quiet here. Every dollar that they printed is offset by debt, and we pay that debt.
1: Well, and it's not just us that will pay this debt, but it will be our children and our children's children. And there's something that's really wrong with encumbering next generations with all of this debt, uh, Jay Davidson. So, I mean, this is scary. This is dangerous. This is dangerous times. What can we do about it? Can we get this ship turned around?
7: Uh, we can, and we have the perfect vehicle for turning it around. It's called the Constitution Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. Guess what? It's the founding of our nation. The The whole point of the debt, uh, w- when, when the Federal Reserve prints dollars, they then offset that with Treasury bonds that the Treasury Department then puts out. And that bond is a debt on the civilian on us. So and the reason that they they printed all this money is so that Congress could spend it. And look at what Congress has been spending on. Some kid that some boy that thinks he wants to be a girl. A migrant that, that doesn't want to go through our legal system and come here uh, legally and honestly, um, some clown that wants to lay on his whatever uh, and uh, you know take methamphetamines and and uh, not contribute uh, welfare and entitlements. So this is what the the Congress has been doing with the debt that the Fed has placed on our shoulders that you and I did not never authorize them to do that to us and the reason and so the solution to the problem the solution that is the free market solution the one that benefits the civilians and citizens in the United States is to force Congress and the administration to stop spending I mean severely stop spending
1: Boy, they sure don't seem like they have an appetite to do that, Jay Davidson.
7: No, every time I bring it up, uh, you know, the politicians cringe in horror. Oh, that's the third rail. We'll be electrocuted. And and you know what? He's right. Uh, I get it. So I make a plea to every citizen, not the politicians. They don't they're not built to do what we need them to do. That's not their nature. And we shouldn't expect it. We citizens have to demand it. We have to make it so painful for these people that they can't get reelected because we're not going to contribute to them. We're not going to support them. We're not going to help them in any way, shape or form when they go back to Washington and spend us into debt. So, you know, what do you call it? We get a, We get the government we deserve. Well, friends, I don't think we deserve this government. And I think we need to step up individually and stop blaming the next guy and start taking that responsibility on ourselves. Like you said, like your father pointed out, time is equity and we all have a certain amount of time. So what are you spending your time on?
1: Well, and each of us can spend a little bit of time each day to reclaim our state and our country, and we have a duty to do so, Jay Davidson. So um, we're just, these conversations always go way too quickly. What is your final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners?
7: The, the solution to the economic woes that we're feeling and the, uh, the problems that we're feeling right now are, is multifaceted. But one of the major solutions is reduction in spending because that reduces the scope and the incursion of government into our lives. And it frees us individuals up. And a healthy economy is the best thing there possibly is for a safe nation and for every individual within that nation. Our capitalistic economy was the power that helped us win every world war uh, that we engaged in
1: well and we can do this and each of us if we do one thing this, uh, to reclaim our state and our country we can do this so Jay Davidson thank you so much and I went to one of your favorite guys for our quote for the end of the show that's Ludwig von Mises he said economics is not about things and tangible material objects it's about men their meanings and their actions so my friends today be grateful read great books think good thoughts listen to beautiful music communicate and listen well live honestly and authentically strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you. God bless America. And stay tuned for our number two.
11: It's further from my
4: home.
11: Young like a new moon rising, fierce through the rain and lightning, wandering out into this great unknown. And I don't want no one to cry But tell them if I don't survive
0: It's The Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important
1: stories. And when government gets bigger, the individual gets smaller.
0: The latest in politics and world affairs.
1: For thee, but not for me. And I agree that we've got to change that.
0: Today's current opinions and ideas.
1: If, in fact, you are working for the man, it's a new form of slavery.
0: Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation.
1: Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to hour number two of The Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence, take care of your heart, your soul your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. Thank you to the team. That's producer Joe, Luke, Rachel, Nicole, Zach, Echo, Charlie, Pamela, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday, producer Joe. Happy Wednesday, Kim. (laughs) Great first hour, and we're going to have a great second hour here as well. Check out the website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O and dot com and sign up for our weekly email newsletter that way you'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent essays you can email me at kim at Munson.com as well and thank you to all of you who support us we are indeed an independent voice as we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom if something's a good idea you should not have to force people to do it i did want to say thank you to the harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show and thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show as well. We'll be talking with Nephi Cole on Friday about all of these different uh, bills that are here at the Colorado State Legislature regarding firearms and making it more difficult for everyday people to keep and bear firearms, uh, law-abiding citizens. But uh, of course, bad guys don't look at those laws, and so we've got to we've got to get these these things uh, stopped and they are a direct assault upon our second amendment of our US Constitution. The second amendment is there for a very, very good reason. And the National Shooting Sports Foundation represents the nation's manufacturers, retailers, and distributors of firearms, optics, ammunition, and other related sporting goods and media. And uh, they just finished up in January their annual SHOT Show in Las Vegas. It's their annual shooting hunting outdoor trade show. Sounds like it was quite the event. But again, thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their gold sponsorship of the show. I got to do something so fun yesterday. I got to ride down to Pueblo with my buddies Jody and Paula Sarles. Uh, Paula is the president of the USMC Memorial Foundation and she's got some the the foundation has some really fun stuff that's going to be rolling out here in march and i can't wait till it's all ready and i will tell you all about it Uh, but went down to the center for american values for their first on values presentation with new board member to the center for american values keith bishop i had a career with the denver broncos then a career with the uh with dea and then uh, he now runs security for the denver broncos Fascinating story. Uh, just a, a great American story. A kid grows up in Midland, Texas, uh, and he was actually adopted. A really interesting story on that. It was a pre-arranged adoption. Uh, his um, uh, mother, uh, his adoptive mother uh, was not able to have children. and so uh, they um, he she and his father adopted him when he was just a few weeks old and uh just a super interesting story but the center for american values my friends i needed a shot in the arm here and it really does um, it's good for my soul to go down to the center for american values and i always like to stand in front of some of these portraits of valor of a medal of honor recipients And look at their quotes and read them and uh, really just check out all that they're doing. Go to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. And then stay tuned regarding the USMC Memorial Foundation and what we'll be rolling out here uh, with some cool events in March. Um, Let's see here. Let's get over here to our word of the day. And thank you to Richard for his... Uh, recommendation on this word, and it is pedantic, and it could be characterized by a narrow or often ostentatious concern for academic knowledge and formal rules. Uh, they used it in a sentence: a pedantic attention to details. It could be over pertaining to a pedant, c- characteristic of or resembling uh, ostentatious of learning. And they said a patantic writer, a patantic description, or a patantical, patantical uh, affectation. So uh, your word of the day, I forgot to, I forgot to spell this, Eric, in the first hour. It is P-E-D-A-N-T-I-C. That's B-E-D-A-N-T-I-C. And with what we see happening down at the state legislature, and then also on this day in history in 1848, Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels published the Communist Manifesto and under communism government just owns everything under socialism government controls everything so we clearly are in a socialist state or trying to be a socialist state here in Colorado and it doesn't feel very good but um, I went to Ludwig von Mises for our quote of the day because uh, Jay Davidson is a student of the Austrian School of uh, uh, Economics. So von Mises was born in 1881. He died in 1973. He was an Austrian-American economist, historian, logician, and sociologist. And he wrote and lectured extensively on the societal contributions of classical liberalism and the power of consumers. He's best known for his work on uh, praxeology, studies comparing communism and capitalism and I know this is a little long but it is super important says the champions of socialism call themselves progressives but they recommend a system which is characterized by rigid observance of routine and by a resistance to every kind of improvement they call themselves liberals but they are intent upon abolishing liberty they call themselves Democrats but they yearn for dictatorship They call themselves revolutionaries, but they want to make the government omnipotent. Um, They promise the blessings of the Garden of Eden, but they plan to transform the world into a gigantic post office. Every man but one, a subordinate clerk in a bureau. And one of our listeners, Neil, uh, makes these amazing memes. And he sent one earlier this morning. And on one side, it looks like a great outdoor, you know, long tables like they have in Italy. Um, You know, people smiling and eating and drinking. And the land looks, you know, lush and green. He says the socialist dream. But then the next thing he has is the socialist reality. People standing in line, uh, barbed wire fences, um, just uh, gray. And that's really what the reality is of socialism. Uh, Socialism is... Really, not about free stuff. That's, uh, free stuff is to get people to vote for it. But ultimately, socialism has to come down to force because it is such a bad idea, you know. And I'm trying as I'm going through. Let me. I've got to make sure I've got everything here. Uh, and my friends, a climate conversation is becoming more and more important every day. This is the uh, film that was the brainchild of Walt Johnson, and he and his wife Rami stepped forward and put put their money up for this to make this film. And you can watch it for free at aclimateconversation.com. And it's becoming more and more important every day because these conversations, uh, we're starting to see some cracks in this whole climate change narrative. And so I am trying on our headlines to go over and look at uh, some of these other headlines, like from Politico. And so this is from uh, California. It says Democrats pushed climate action. The utility bill skyrocketed. And uh, it says, electricity bills are biting lawmakers in coastal Democrat leaning districts. And the byline to Sacramento it says, California Democrats proudly authored nation leading clean, clean energy goals that forced the automobile industry to go electric and shaped global climate policy. And then it says, and then the bill came due. There's intensifying, again, this is from Politico, there is intensifying political pressure on state lawmakers to do something about utility bills that have shot up by as much as 127% over the last decade. Climate spending, from wildfire prevention to building out transmission capacity and paying for renewables, is partly to blame. Californians are fed up, said Democrat State Assembly member Mark Berman at a uh, recent news conference in Sacramento. My constituents are mad. I know because they told me over and over again at every community coffee that I had in the fall and winter, and their rates uh, keep going up. Lawmakers there and in other Democrat states with nation-leading climate ed- objectives, just look at these uh, things that I mentioned here in Colorado. Uh, and Additionally, New York and Massachusetts are scrambling to make their transitions from fossil fuels affordable, <laughs> Don't know how they're going to do that before they face an all-out ratepayer revolt. The problem is more pressing in an election year when Republicans say Democrats don't pay enough attention to California's ability to afford the high costs of daily life. And I know people that are moving out of California, which makes me want I want to get over here to... Uh, this is over on the illegal immigration side, and this is from Fox News. And, uh, it says, uh, the, the headline is vendors are charging Massachusetts, Massachusetts taxpayers $64 a day to feed each illegal immigrant. So $640 a day. That's times 10 days. That's. Uh, six uh, six hundred forty dollars take that times three we're looking at almost two thousand dollars a month just to feed illegal immigrants meanwhile back at the ranch everyday call um, well everyday Americans are having a a difficult time but this goes on to say new details have emerged about the staggering sums of cash that Massachusetts taxpayers are forking over to pay for the state's influx of illegal immigrants and remember Denver has um, per capita more illegal immigrants than anybody else in the nation. And vendors are charging, they're not doing this for free. And these vendors many times may be NGOs. And they may have a religious name in it as well. Since they're charging $16 for breakfast, $17 for lunch, and $31 for uh, dinner. And uh, that total cost is expected to hit a $1 million or excuse me, a billion dollars. My friends, this is not sustainable. We will no longer have a shining sit, uh, city on a hill for people to try to get to for liberty and to be able to live their lives because this kind of stuff is going to destroy our country because it is not sustainable. So we're gonna continue the conversation. I, I need to talk with Trent Luce about a couple of things. Oh, uh, I found a book, I was, I did want to mention this, uh, I did talk about a little bit on this day in history in the first hour, but I found a book. It's regarding World War II and 365 days. And on February 22nd, President Roosevelt orders General Douglas MacArthur to leave the Philippines, naming him commander of the Allied forces in Australia. And so that happened. Um, the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor in 1941 and uh, then attack the Philippines and they were making their march to try to control the Pacific. And so in 1942, not long after Pearl Harbor, uh, General MacArthur left the, the Philippines. Okay, so let me make sure. Oh, I do want to say thank you to the Colorado Union of Taxpayers. These are all volunteers. My gosh, they're doing such amazing work. Uh, Steve Dorman, Greg Goliansky, Russ Haas, Bill Hamill, Carl Honecker, Ro- uh, Rob Knuth, John Nelson, Joseph O'Laughlin, Wendy Warner, Marty Nielsen, Remy Johnson, and Mary Jansen. Go to uh, the um, Colorado Union of Taxpayers. It comes up, I think, is coloradotaxpayer.org. Join us. $25. Bucks. That way you will get the email that we send out uh, each week to our legislators and the governor regarding the positions that we're taking on different bills. We'll be talking about one of those with Trent Luce. Here in just a moment. These discussions be- come to you because of sponsors. One of those is my uh, insurance agency, that is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And uh, they know that there are unknowns in life that can keep us up at night. And that's why the Roger Mangan team can help with life insurance and health insurance needs to replace lost income. So call Roger Mangan at 303 795 8855 for a complimentary appointment like a good neighbor. The Roger Mangan Insurance Team is there.
3: Most of us have been there. That surprise crunch when you backed into a car in a parking lot or someone rear-ended you at a stoplight? First thing you do is stop and breathe. Second, say a prayer of gratitude that no one was hurt. Third, look for your insurance card. And fourth, be grateful that you have your insurance with Roger Manigan State Farm Insurance Agency. You can breathe easier knowing that you can reach the Roger Manigan team 24-7 when you need them. For that Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance peace of mind, call Roger Mangan today at 303-795-8855. That's 303-795-8855.
5: Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has nearly 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine works to protect your property rights at the local, county, state, and national level. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. Working with realtor Karen Levine helps you navigate through the process of buying or selling your home. Call Karen Levine to help you buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516.
8: You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, (laughs) M-O-N-S-O-N.com.
1: Welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, Son.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. and You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, Jansen Photography is located in Lakewood. Uh, and they have a beautiful property which is perfect for those treasured portraits of your family children your senior student and uh, glenn jansen really understands uh, lighting and can make you look your very best and then mary jansen can help out with a little touch up here or there and uh, so go over to jansen photography that's j-a-n-s-s-e-n photography.com take a look at these beautiful portraits And, my friends, there's never a time better than now to schedule that appointment to get those treasured portraits. On the line with me is Trent Luce. You know him. He is a sixth-generation farmer and rancher, and we've got a lot to talk about. But, Trent Luce, welcome. Hi, Kim. So, first thing, what have you been up to this week?
12: I actually have been home for most of the time in the past week trying to get uh spring projects started because we were 66 degrees yesterday and i finished (laughs) one fence that i started fixing last before winter hit and i got it done so i felt like i accomplished one little thing anyway
1: well that's good kelly probably doesn't know what to do if you're home
12: she uh, she still tells me what to do she knows clearly (laughs) what to
2: do
1: oh that's good that's good okay well there is a lot to talk about and when I say that we are an independent voice, uh, we definitely are because we're going to take on this is a very bad boy, and this is uh, Senate Bill twenty four one twenty six Conservation Easement Income Tax Credit, and Trent, I I can see how Republicans can get bamboozled on this stuff because there's two the prime sponsors on this. Our Republican Senator Perry Will, Democrat Senator Faith Winter, and she doesn't do anything that is good for rural Colorado. So that's a big red flag right there. And then Representative uh, Megan Lucas, Democrat, Representative Mike Lynch, who, um, <sighs> you know, is, he's running for Congress. Uh, so anyway, this is Conservation Easement Income Tax Credit. And this is just the uh, summary. Concerning the Conservation Easement Income Tax Credit and in connection therewith, extending the Conservation Easement Oversight Commission, which is a bureaucracy, and the Certified Holder Program indefinitely, increasing the limit on Conservation Easement Income Tax Credits available to donors in one calendar year, and allowing multiple transfers of Conservation Easement Income Tax Credits. Trent, am I correct in calling this a very bad boy?
12: I am never a fan of a easement period. I do not understand the concept of believing that you own property, you believe in property rights and yet you're willing to sign over the decision making on your property to somebody else for a payment. And furthermore, even if it was a big check, I would be opposed to it. But in this case, it's for an income tax uh, credit. Who needs income tax credits? the people who already have all of the money telling us what to do with our property. So it's a double whammy in my mind. You have an easement, which I don't like to begin with, and now you have an income tax credit, which goes to benefit the wealthy among us who, are, who own the easement. How can you rationalize this as a good thing, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, or independent? It doesn't matter. It's a bad deal, period. <laughs>
3: Well,
1: and then to either even put more salt in the wound on this. I'm looking at the fiscal note on this. And so this income tax credit will be paid out of our TABOR refunds. So those are our Colorado taxpayers' Bill of Rights refunds that are due to the citizens uh, or the taxpayers of Colorado. And um, I, I I. I, I, I think I probably need to I contact these Republicans about this. I don't think that they quite understand. I mean, they have been bamboozled big time on this from what I can see, Trent.
12: I've lost all faith in elected officials, so I'm just not of a good mind. I'm just telling you straight up, Kim. Uh, you know, it was, uh, six months ago, I would have told you that, it, this whole federal bureaucracy, and I'm including elected officials in that now because there's, apparently they're selected officials, not elected officials, uh, they're completely lost. They they continue to be disconnected. In fact, if you'll remember back when we started sending money to the Ukraine, I would find one and two people that were like, oh, Ukraine's in bad shape. We need to help them. Today, I don't run into anybody who says we should continue to send money to the Ukraine. Nobody. Nobody tells me that. And yet these these people who are in elected positions continue to pony up and send money there. They're completely disconnected from what the people who put them in that position really want. And now, with this legislative session that's taking place, And I've talked to people in Iowa and South Dakota. North Dakota, by the way, has the best legislative session ever this year. You know why, Kim? Why? They only meet every other year. It's a year off in North
1: Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) In in
12: Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming. These people have lost their minds. They're not doing what the people who, who make up their constituents want them to do. They're in a completely different world. I don't understand it.
1: Okay, Trent. You just said something that I find super interesting, and that is that they are not doing what their people want them to do. And when I was on city council and um, was taking was was taking a stand on, um, well, it's really the whole story about Hooters. Uh, when I was on city council, uh, one of the things that we did was uh, our job was to. to uh, approve liquor licenses. Now, I, I, have to, that's the whole licensure thing. That's a whole different thing. But anyway, that was one of the things that, that we had to do. And it was all, it was a no-brainer that, um, Hooters Restaurants was taking over a location that had been a TGI Fridays. And there'd been a liquor license that had been approved there. It was approved for a zoning from a restaurant. I mean, it was a no-brainer from a, uh, from, you know, it, it was a no-brainer that that should be approved. But, uh, it was primarily, and this was pre, before we really started to understand, or so, before I started to understand the angry, suburban, well-educated woman. Uh, but many of them showed up and uh, were adamant. And again, this would, they're, they're really, f- really over on the progressive side and demanded that this liquor license not be approved. And so when I say I call people PBIs, you got your politicians, you got your bureaucrats, and you have your interested parties. So these interested parties wanted to use the force of government to prevent a legitimate business from being able to compete in the free market. If people don't want to go to a restaurant, they have the freedom not to go there. But each, you know, each legitimate business has the right to compete in the free market. So <clears throat> uh, anyway, as we're looking at the whole decision, uh, I made the motion to um, approve the the liquor license, and nobody, no other councilors counselor, or the mayor, seconded it. And so, um, you know, the meeting was adjourned. I was pretty frustrated about it because I saw how how dangerous this was. And this was pre-COVID. And one of my neighbors called and she said, Kim, I want to talk to you about this. And I said, this is very dangerous if we get to a point where PBIs can determine which businesses they like in which they don't i said we could get to a point where you might have pbis not like the doctrine of a church and not give them occupancy licenses and she goes ah i get it i said and so th- the point is then somebody said to me that you need to do what your constituents want you to do and so if my constituents uh, are trying to get me to do something that's unconstitutional I, as elected representative, have to to make sure that I stand on the side of the Constitution. So I know that's a long story about this, but we need to start to have elected representatives that stand up for the Constitution and make the case for it. Once I sat down with my neighbor, she understood, Trent.
12: Mm -hmm. I agree with your whole sentiment, but you did, in my opinion of that situation, you heard from the local minority you did not hear from the 99 percent of the people that thought that was a good idea.
1: True. And once we made the case for that's an excellent point. So it was it's the loud ones. And that's who's right. in the ears of our electeds because all of us are busy. With, uh-huh. you know, with our lives. Um, but boy, that's an excellent point, because I think 99 percent of the people out there love this American idea of being able to have the sanctity of the individual, property rights and individual liberty. But my gosh, we've got to continue to, to make the case for this, Trent.
12: But that's why I qualified my statement when I talked about the Ukraine because in the early days, it was, I would find 50% of the people in my travels thought that it was a good idea. I never thought it was a good idea, but pe- people half the people did. Today, I don't talk to anybody that thinks it's a good idea, and they still do it. So that, that's how I see the two things being different. Okay. But so, I would never supersede the Constitution. They should always follow the Constitution first.
1: Right, and make the case for it. And right. uh, and I think most people will understand that. Instead, what you have is electeds that have all these consultants and they they run these surveys and they put their finger in the wind and um, try to ascertain what people want. And ultimately, people people want this American idea. So we're going to continue the conversation with Trent Luce. I have some other things. One of our listeners sent something about abandoned uh, water rights. And boy, this is also important as well. So we'll continue the discussion. And we get to have these great discussions because of our wonderful sponsors. And a new sponsor is Lavaca Meat Company. Mm -hmm.
6: LAVACA MEAT COMPANY TAKES GREAT PRIDE IN SELLING ONLY THE BEST LAVACA MEAT COMPANY IS A THIRD GENERATION FAMILY-OWNED BUSINESS WITH ITS ROOTS IN EASTERN COLORADO LAVACA MEANS THE COW IN SPANISH AS OUR NAME IMPLIES WE ONLY SELL BEEF NO POULTRY PORK BISON OR GAME JUST PREMIUM QUALITY AGED mouth-watering BEEF OUR STORE IS LOCATED AT THE CORNER OF MAINE AND NEVADA IN THE HISTORIC Coors BUILDING IN DOWNTOWN LITTLETON For a steakhouse experience at home, visit us in person or shop online at LavacaMeat.com. Lavaca Meat Company, only the best.
8: Again, that's LavacaMeat.com. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881.
1: Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You should not have to force people to do it. Uh, Trent Lewis, sixth, gener- sixth generation farmer and rancher. Uh, I did want to, before we get over to this water abandonment thing, I did want to unpack just a little bit more this Senate bill 126, because I know that I'm going to hear from some of our listeners, uh, regarding these easements, this, this, and this is just in the summary two things. Okay. Income tax credit. Uh, when somebody gets an income tax credit, a that's picking winners and losers. If, in fact, income taxes are high, instead what we need to do is reduce income taxes across the board. Agreed?
12: I agree 100%, but you might have to finish the show without me. Why? Well that Lavaca Meats, I'm going to go grill a ribeye. It just got my mouth <laughs> watering. And um, I tell know you, it is. Spanish for cow.
1: Yeah. I do now. Uh, you now you do. And I'm really excited to have them as new sponsors. And um, it is really premium beef. It is a real treat. And I do highly recommend them. But, you no, know, you have to wait because we've got to finish this, <laughs> and then you can go grill that. But, okay. Um,
12: we got to talk about water that makes beef. So we got to do this before we can get the beef. I got it. All right, let's uh, go. Okay,
1: got it. Okay, conservation easement income tax credit, though. The next thing, and this is just in the summary. so So, A, the income tax credit. We should lower taxes across the board. Next thing, uh, an oversight commission, a conservation easement oversight easement oversight commission. This is a non-elected bureaucracy, and uh, again, putting this kind of power over into an unelected, unaccountable bureau- bureaucracy is always a terrible idea. Then it is going to um, um, have the certified holder program go on indefinitely increase the limit on conservation inc- uh, easement income tax credits available to donors. Wonder what that means exactly. And then that you can transfer these conservation easement income tax credits. So this is just ripe for for big interested parties to come in and again uh, one of our listeners said that that you may have a conservation easement farmer rancher on your land and you don't even know who actually holds that conservation easement. This is danger, danger. And uh, what your country can, they live in. And what country they live in.
12: That's yep. not exclusive. I mean, somebody, uh, the CCP, can own the conservation easement on your property. There's no limits.
1: Right. So, uh, again... And I think uh, I
12: heard you say for perpetuity. You didn't use the word perpetuity, but didn't you say forever?
1: Indefinitely. Indefinitely.
12: Indefinitely. How, how do you sign the rights to your property to someone else indefinitely? How do you do that?
1: I know, I know. So unfortunately, our guys uh, I think got 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 caught on this one. I'm really. Um, let me just take a quick look at all of uh, who else. Oh, there's. Yep. Darn it. Okay, we'll carry on, but I'm looking at some of the other sponsorships on this, and um, I think I, I'm, I'm going to have to make some calls here. I think that's what's going to have to
12: happen. Um, do you wait okay. until we're done today, or do you want to do it right now? <laughs> yeah. We can do it live you
1: want on to, you, you want to go ahead and take, <laughs> take over the show, and I'll go do this. So.
12: No, okay, I want you next... to do it on the air so we can, we're all part of the call.
1: <laughs> that would be... Bold. I I don't totally want to throw Be them under bold, the bus. Kim. Like, th- <laughs> I think I'll do it privately. So I'll let you. I'll give you a report next week. How's that? Okay. Uh, okay.
12: That's second fiddle.
1: I know. I know. So let's get over here to this um, water rights abandonment. I sent the email over to you, and I hope you had time to take a look it at it. it. This is from one it of our it. listeners and um, i'll just read the first paragraph he said i'd like to call your attention to an unfair practice conducted by the colorado division of water resources again unelected unaccountable bureaucrats I'm adding that in. I've been told that the division performs a water abandonment review every ten years and places specific water decrees on an abandonment list. This list is then posted, and the water owners are allowed a protest period of time. If the owners do not protest, the water right is declared abandoned, and the owner loses this their water right, which is on their private property. And it says, in a case a couple of years ago regarding the Sunnyside Park ditch in Chaffee County, I was told that the way our ditch shareholders found out was that the local water commissioners met one of the shareholders in the Safeway parking lot and sheepishly informed him. So anyway, our listener wanted me to get this over to you so you could share your perspective.
12: Well, I, I mean, my perspective is very similar to conservation easement. Why, why do you need to renew your water right every 10 years? Why does it ever go dormant? I know that there's a big fight for water rights, but this is just another limiting factor where, like your words, they're picking winners and losers. And there's, uh, there's nothing about this that makes any sense to me.
1: It's just more and more control on things. 100%. And, Speaking of water, I think I had this on the headline. Uh, okay. This was one day ago. This is from KVVU in Las Vegas. Lake Mead levels continue recovery. Um, well, they say due to conservation. I probably think it's probably because we've also had some some um, snow and rain. But they always use these headlines to try to, you know, we talk about they they make conservation sound good. Conserve water, conserve um, you know, all these different things. But when it comes to our founding principles and being a conservative, then that is bad. I've always found that that was a, such, a, a, such an interesting dichotomy.
12: So Lake Mead has been on my mind um, pretty regular in the last week, and I know that you and I briefly talked about this last week, but I have an ongoing saga that is developed with the um, Nevada Energy and Allegiant Stadium. If you do a search and anybody that paid attention, you know that there was some massive public relations about the Super Bowl is going to be 100% renewable energy. We have 641,000 solar panels in the Nevada desert that we're pulling this electricity from. Well, last week I shared with you that I estimate the cost per kilowatt hour was $2.50. Now I have more information. Uh, I don't have anything new on the cost, but I went and looked at Nevada Energy, by the way, owned by Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett. It's not a public utilities owned by co-op members like my electricity and most electricity in this country. 58% of the electricity generated by Nevada Energy is from natural gas. 5% is from coal. 37% is from what they're calling renewable energies. Hoover Dam generating electricity from the hydroelectric part of the dam is included in the renewable energies, which is 4% of the
2: 37%.
12: So I had the natural question. Kim, if you have an energy mix of 58% natural gas, 5% sourced by coal, and you're promoting that your Super Bowl was 100% with renewable energy, how did you segregate the natural gas and coal-generated electricity from the renewable electricity? I'm on my seventh, well, I did not call Saturday, Sunday. I'm on my seventh day, fifth actual day of contacting, yesterday was my fifth day of contacting Megan Delaney, at nevada energy and she was answering my questions initially did not answer my this one question and has now ghosted me because they point blank lied electricity for the super bowl came from natural gas at 58 percent Coal at 5%, and 37% came from renewable sources. This ties into what you're talking about with this water situation. We cannot continue to allow these people to just run willy-nilly doing whatever they want and lie to people to fit their narrative. We must hold them accountable.
3: Uh, And that's
1: why people need to take a look at the documentary, A Climate Conversation. That was a great setup for that. Okay, so we're talking about Lake Mead. And, you know, there's been these headlines and pictures of that uh, the water levels have been declining, declining, declining. And with the American idea unleashing, and I we was talking with um, uh, Jay Davidson about this, unleashing creativity and innovation, we can solve these problems. I mean, with all of that, all the money that they want to spend on um, um Carbon um, p- uh, pipelines, all that. How about instead? How about if uh, we p- uh, pipe water from the Pacific Ocean over to Lake Mead and de- and do some desalination? I mean, I think that's very possible. But then what happens is, is the the, the uh, PBIs lose control if we start to unleash creativity and innovation? C- because with that, we can actually solve the solve all these problems. Trent Loose.
12: You keep asking me these questions that there is no answer other than yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's nowhere to go with that. I mean, be a solution <laughs> provider. Stop just identifying problems, which you created, by the way. Not you, Kim. The right. bigger picture you created, but you never want to provide a solution. I'm worried about Lake Mead overflowing this year because of the massive amount of atmospheric river that's going on on the western side of the Sierras, which isn't going to get to Lake Mead, but that has spillover and, and the massive amount of rain that's coming to that part of the country. Okay. You know, Hollywood had programming talking about this dam breaking. And I, I just I'm really concerned that that's going to take place. At some point in oh. time. I don't know when.
1: Well, it, it, if they don't take care of it, they will. I mean, there's something about the management.
12: Being, You're right. Yeah,
1: the, the good stewardship. So, okay. I uh, th- Any other comments regarding this um, Colorado Division of Water and this water abandonment? And our listeners actually reached out to an ele- a couple of elected representatives on this, so that's super important, but we want to shed light on it. Any other thoughts on that?
12: Just like every other thing, just like your Hooters example, be the loud minority and make sure that people understand how wrong this is. You know what the most wrong part of it is? In that letter, I don't believe you got to that part. It also said they had to hire an attorney. Every time we turn around, we are forced to hire an attorney to protect what we should not have to defend. If you're going to come in and force me to hire an attorney, you pay the legal bill if you're wrong.
1: So that's why tort reform would be really important as well. So, okay, the text line is quite busy, 720-605-0647. That is 720-605-0647. We will take Collins as well. And uh, I did want to say thank you to the Harris family for their goal sponsorship of the show and thank you to the National Shooting Sports Foundation for their goal sponsorship of the show. It is Trent Luce Wednesday. Trent, as you know, is a sixth-generation farmer and rancher. Uh, another great sponsor of the show is John Boson with Boson Law.
6: Boson Law fights for clients who have been injured or family members who have lost a loved one due to the careless, reckless, or wrongful conduct of others. Whether injured in a car accident, suffered an injury due to a product or bad pharmaceutical drug, or need help fighting for medical care and benefits following an accident at work, don't go it alone and uninformed. Boson Law is the law firm you need in your corner. Time is of the essence with any personal injury claim. Call 303-999-9999 to schedule your complimentary consultation. That number again is 303-999-9999. Call now.
4: Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love The Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com.
8: Franktown Firearms is unlike any other gun store or range.
9: My name is Tony, and I'll tell you why I first started going to Franktown, because my children wanted me to get comfortable with firearms.
10: Franktown Firearms, it's not the kind of experience you get anywhere else.
9: I'm not familiar with firearms, and they just took their time and really gave me the time of day to know that I was an appreciated customer of theirs.
10: Tactical Fun Night is an absolute blast. To move and shoot, walk and reload and turn corners and hit moving targets. I've
9: been to ladies' nights a few times, and the range safety officers um, helped my friend who I brought who'd never fired a gun before. I felt very comfortable. I could just shoot to my comfort level. I didn't have to show up anybody, or no one was trying to show me up.
10: They let us go to the range and try the firearms before we bought them.
9: All of the staff there really took their time with me.
10: After going in there for the first time, we realized we didn't need to look at any other gun stores. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made i
1: And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh Trent Luce is on the line with me, sixth generation farmer and rancher from Nebraska. And one of our listeners, okay, she said this. She said, love Trent's idea to make those calls. To the legislators on the air but i agree with you not doing it so (laughs) uh let's talk to ron ron is yeah i will talk more about that but i will be sending an an email and i'll share that with all of you but ron is on the line ron what is on your radar
11: i just wanted to say what a great job you're doing and uh i just wanted to say that i was uh listening to Dan Bongino and, uh, he's one of the other ones I've listened to. And, uh, he made a statement that, uh, people need to understand that we're not weak. We're not, uh, we're not alone. That's what the media and are trying to do is trying to isolate us and, and keep us like we're, we're, uh, weak and we can't do anything. And, uh, uh, we all got to come back, shine lights on, on what they're doing. And, uh, I, with your show and others, I, uh, we're getting it done. So, uh, kudos.
1: Well, Ron, thank you so much. Uh, we work really hard on this to search for truth and clarity. And I really appreciate that. So thank you on that. And, um, okay. So let's see, let's get here to some of uh, some okay. I wanted to. I'll do just a few text messages. Then we'll get to Gammy. Uh, this is um, from one of our listeners. It says we are not having a problem with our climate or environment in this country. At least we were not four or five years ago. Now it is absolutely filthy. Why don't we help developing countries clean their acts up instead of making a hot mess of our own country? You know how they could cl- clean their mess up, Trent Luce, is they could adopt the U.S. Constitution and the sanctity of the individual property rights and individual liberty and they could clean their countries up in pretty pretty short order and we could too Tritloose.
12: yeah once again you're on a trend of asking me something that the answer is yes absolutely can let's go get it done Constitution first
1: <laughs> I don't I don't mean to be doing that I you are doing I, that I have, I have I've done it all morning so well let's get over here to somebody that is so informed on all these things and that is Gammy Gammy what's on your radar do you mean Jenny? <laughs> oh, I Jenny? thought he said it was
2: Gammy. Oh, it's Jenny. Jenny, I thought we might hear from you. Well, uh, my uh, so-called representative is going to hear from me too. I think he may have been drunk when he signed on to this bill. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, oh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah,
2: and so there's a lot of us out here that have been fighting these conservation. Easements, are not conservation easements, they're conservation servitudes. Um, And so anyways, these conservation easements are total land grabs. There are no upsides for the landowner. And the conservation, um, you know, cannot be held in perpetuity. And this gal named Margaret Byfield, she's with the American Stewards. Of liberty, and you can reach her website at americanstewards.us. And she has a little 13 key point, um, know about conservation easements on her website. And what they these people don't understand when they put their land into concert e, conservation easements, they are literally transferring their rights to it to a third party, and so, um. Uh, This Margaret Byfield and those who have been fighting for uh, landowner property rights, they just narrowly beat back uh, the um, Security Stock Exchange from listing all of these uh, conservation easements and natural assets onto the Stock Exchange, and it's called the National Asset Company. So Trent is right. Anybody can own your land. You have just given up all your rights to your land, and anybody can buy them.
1: Well, and, Jenny, this in the summary where it says, in allowing multiple transfers of conservation easement income tax credits, I mean, at least from what I can see, that's setting that up. And thank you, because you have been um you've really been in my ear teaching me about this, Jenny, so I appreciate that uh so we have Alan in Lakewood on the line, Alan in Lakewood. what's on your radar
13: hello Kim uh, yes thanks um, i i I just really have to to make a cautionary note here about uh pumping water uphill across the whole state of California to Lake Mead, the uh, desalinization requires a great deal of energy, and it's a great idea to desalinate water when you have a great deal of excess energy to do so and use it to grow food, just like carbon dioxide water is, is necessary. But to... Across the entire state of California to pump water uphill to Lake Mead, in uh, outside of Las Vegas, Nevada, is a very, very big energy loser all by itself. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a thought, but uh, please don't please don't uh, come up with these quick fixes uh, like some of our Democrat fellows do.
1: <laughs> well, thank you, Alan, and I know that you you, you know you know sign you understand I'm all sure. that, so You do that, uh, but maybe don't pump it all the way up to Lake Mead. Maybe since uh, the western seaboard of California has all that water there, maybe the desal- desalination plants there, and I guess to your point that would require energy. but uh, we we actually have abundant energy. Uh, sources here in America. It's just that from public policy, they're trying to pre- prevent us from using that. Uh, so we've got just a little bit of time. Thank you, um, Alan, Jenny, and Ron. Let's uh, let's button this up, Trent. And I love it when our listeners uh, bring me back to reality on this, but I just want to try to think outside the box. So how do you want to button this up, Trent Luce?
12: Well, I don't disagree with Alan at all. Um, it's 268 miles from Bishop California to Los Angeles and I'll never forget the time I spoke in Bishop and it was just a very unique uh, lack of hope for the future kind of a a crowd that I had in that audience and I got to talking to people locally and they lost faith in their future when there was a deal cut to pipe water 268 miles from Bishop to Los Angeles because there was a, a higher bidder in Los Angeles, obviously, with the millions of people compared to Bishop, California. Water is, without a doubt, a topic that we need to continue to discuss. Water is a source of life, just like CO2, as Alan indicated. And desalinization, I think, needs to be a part of our future. We find a way to do that energy efficiently. I don't know if we pipe plant like meat or not. I don't know that. But I do know we need to continue to have great discussions about water.
1: Well, and to that point, we've got right here in Colorado and in Douglas County, we've got, um, PBIs that are down in the San Luis Valley wanting to buy, buy water rights. Uh, and, and my friends, um, <laughs> just think about, uh, Colorado is number one per capita, uh, regarding, I think, almost now 40,000 illegal immigrants that have come here. Just think, Trent Luce, about how much water 40,000 illegal immigrants would require you've got 45 seconds to respond
12: too much doesn't take me 45 seconds
1: Yep. Yeah. and so uh, too much
12: they're illegal back to the same premise you brought up we have a constitution and those people sitting in dc allowing these criminals to come into this country are treasonous they need to be held accountable mm-hmm.
1: And and to a point. I I know not all of them want to hurt us, but there's an awful lot of them. But I guess to your point though, coming here illegally is a criminal. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. Trent Luce, it's always interesting. I greatly appreciate it. I'll say
12: quickly, the ATF says that these criminals can purchase guns despite not having identification. My final word. Really? Yes. I'll send you a statute.
1: Okay, send it to me. I'll t- okay, yeah, send it to me. It's we'll a talk about that.
12: statute. I want to correct that before Alan holds me accountable, which he should.
1: <laughs> Trent Luce, always interesting. We'll talk to you next week. Keep up the good Thanks, work. Kim. And uh, our quote for the end of the show is from Von Mises. He said, economics is not about things and tangible material objects. It's about men, their meanings, and their actions. My friends, today be grateful. Read great books. Think good thoughts. Listen to beautiful music. Communicate and listen well. Live honestly and authentically. Strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.
11: To cry. But tell them if I don't survive